Hello, and welcome to episode 60 of Expertise is Overrated, the podcast that takes the time to answer the questions you didn't know you didn't want the answer to. I'm Vib. And I'm Sean, and neither of us has any clue what we're talking about. Quite literally this time around, because we, we spent a good, well, I spent a good two minutes going, what is this again? <laughs> well, I've just realised that we've done an ab- we've had an absolute sort of planning shocker here because our last two episodes before this one either of them would have been really good episode 60 let's take a step back and have a high level discussion about something random whereas this episode is a standard between two tens let's just talk about a piece of media that we like so we've just binned it what do you mean we binned it this is this is our og we're going back right to the beginning we are we are I don't know, it just felt very it's silly It's a good to 60th me. anniversary. I don't know what, what 60 equates to in materials, but I'm sure it's... Emerald. Well, you, you knew that way too quick. My grandparents had a 60th wedding anniversary, like, really not, like, last year. Oh, so they did, yeah. Well, congrats to them. Emerald, <laughs> there you go. Good. Or this year, March, March this year. Anyway. Um, so, happy yeah, Emerald episode. Um, yes, this one's dedicated, I guess, to you. If you're a list, I don't think they know how podcasts work, so they're probably not listening. I mean, we don't know how podcasts work either. We make the damn it's thing. True, we spent 10 minutes trying to work out your audio from the last two episodes and went, nah, that's too difficult. Yeah, so I guess I can apologise for it now, dear listeners, uh, for audio in at least episode 58. I hope that we have since fixed it. I think we have since fixed it. We have no idea what happened with episode 58. I blame OBS. We're a bit worried about episode 59, which is an odd one because there was no OBS involved. Yeah, but very high levels of painkiller, which is a, is a totally different oh, so thing, but no less legitimate, I'm going to claim. <laughs> your, your concern isn't that episode 59, the audio is tinny. Your concern is just that you were high as balls. High as balls, so who knows what I said. I don't even remember what that episode was on, you know? To be honest, I only noticed when I opened up the folder. That's where we were talking about Baldur's Gate. But anyway. Ah, Baldur's Gate, yeah, of course. Yeah, speaking of shocking memories. <laughs> um, this this episode is essentially all your idea. You posted it in our Discord chat um, I did. very recently. So a couple of days ago. Listeners, go, go check out our Discord. It's fun. Yeah. I posted it. It's fun. Less than, th- less than 30 hours ago. So obviously because... You're a smart man. You can remember what it was, right? And what it said. Well, I'm looking at it, so yes. Oh, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Nice try. No, so this was a meme that I pulled off the internet. I don't quite remember where from. And it's just, it just reads, Me when I finally confront the skinwalker in my basement, but he tells me he's just hiding from the skin runners. The what? It's very funny. The look on the lady's face is is hilarious. Yeah, it's, sort it's of the, the zoom in face, grin. Yeah. Uh, it's very good. But that got me thinking because obviously, one of I've I've said complained about the Skinwalker from Turncoat. I nearly forgot that one. Uh, a few times as being one of the scariest things that Dresden faces. So it just got me thinking. You know what? terrible thing like skin runners might harry dresden face in his eight still to come books yeah um so first of all you can't be the one starting to forget the titles of dresden files books now because that doesn't bode well for us if you do also no we're skin runners can you imagine 
but genuinely terrifying. Yeah, just, just a skinwalker, but better. Better. No, thank you. I mean, Shag Nasty is nasty. Maybe that's what maybe that's what Goodman Gray is. You think he's a skin runner? But he's so he's a skin runner. He's so lethargic. Or maybe laconic is a better word, actually. He's uh, yeah, he's he's laconic right up until he turns into a two-ton warhorse and hurtles down a street at five hundred miles an hour or whatever it is he does. Skin running, yes. <laughs> yeah, skin running. But Goodman Gray seems seems like a nice old chap, you know. Very reasonable yeah, nothing, fees. Nothing. Yeah, I want to talk. He's weird. He is weird. Well, again, let's start there. Then, so, so the basic premise, if you haven't guessed, or if Sean hasn't said, I can't remember if you said it or not. My goodness, memory, <laughs> terrible. But yes, what, what, what things could Harry Dresden from the Dresden Files be up against soon? In the, as you said, eight books to come. I think we could almost throw it out slightly wider than that. That is, I think, the the core premise. But it's just what, where do you go from here? So we've done the Battle of Chicago. Which was boil, you know, basically terrorists release WMD in the center of the fourth or fifth largest city in the U.S. I don't think terrorists is necessarily the right word for. Well, that's how it's that's how it's being maniacs. But I think that's how it's being spun to the sort uh, of mortal yeah, by the men in black media, by the men in black exactly. But every with with a couple of exceptions like Ghost Story, every Dresden Files book up until. Peace talks was a slow burn stakes escalation, ish sort of, and then all of a sudden that slow burn has had like petrol poured on it and just turned into this absolutely insane war in the streets of Chicago. Yeah, and I, I, we've still got five books before the apocalypse kicks off, and that's I think what I'm slightly struggling with. Yeah, I don't see how you can. How do you spend five week, five books going getting there? Well, we briefly talked about this in the past, right? This concept of mm. how on earth are the five books between now and the literal apocalypse when we've just had an apocalyptic level event um, yeah. stopped. I'd love the next five books to just be Harry calmly sort of psych evaluating his brother and nothing else. That would be good. And and that would be a whole good. book just dedicated to the wedding of Lara Wraith and Harry Dresden. <laughs> I sort of assume that's what the next book is going just to really be. really wholesome. Totally not vampiric. It's just really, really nice. <laughs> and Harry's always looking for the scary thing in the corner and it's just never, never comes. There. The scary thing is just the love in his heart. Oh. <laughs> Yuck. And this is why I am not a best-selling author. <laughs> So um, the no, next, next book, book is, is Mirror Mirror, isn't it? Or is that the one after? No, the, the next book is 12 months. The next book was meant to be Mirror Mirror, but has been pushed back. See, this is the thing that I was um, I was thinking about the other day when, when you when you posted... Well, actually, it couldn't have been the other day then because you posted it literally yesterday. Anyway, I was thinking about yeah. it at some point that Battlegrounds came out a really, really long time ago. Mm. This was like pre-lockdown or maybe... The very early days of lockdown. Early days of lockdown. I like think beginning twenty twenty, right? Yeah. Um, or was or was it was it twenty nineteen? Maybe it was just was about twenty nineteen. Like I certainly October I think October nineteen. I think I read it in lockdown. Mm. So I mean, it's, it's been at least me. three and a half years. I would say. Yeah. Yeah, it has. 
And I think Jim announced, Jim Butcher announced not long after Battlegrounds came out that he was going to have to squeeze in another book, which is what 12 months has become because it was meant to be Mirror Mirror. But so it, well, which is yeah. the one that everyone's excited about. Yeah, because everyone thinks that Life will be in it. Pro- yeah, but um, before that, he's decided he needs to do a almost, I think it's like a vignette book. So just it got, takes Harry through the course of an entire year. Well, that's, that's critical, we right? Because he gets a year to prepare for the wedding. A year of mourning. Exactly. And and I think twelve dates as well. Isn't that part of it? They have to they're go, they're going on a date once a month for twelve months and then getting married. Have I invented that? Oh, uh, hmm. There was some element of courtship, I think, as in to be yeah. to be seen by the people. I I don't remember it being so such a doesn't, regimented affair, though. Maybe not. But but part part of it is so that it doesn't appear sudden and sordid yeah exactly as, as a clear oh this is just mab doing this type thing yeah but you might well be right i mean as we as we've discussed my memory is much worse than yours when it comes to these sort of things so you might very well be correct it's, yeah frustrating that my memory is very good at this and very bad at anything useful but never mind <laughs> so of course the first so terrible got- thing that dresden will face is marriage as we all know a horrible thing <laughs> I will not be drawn on commenting. I mean, you should have uh, just said, no, it's wonderful. <laughs> Somehow you didn't even manage that. Yes. But that wouldn't have been funny content. Mm, sure. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I should spend the next hour psych evaluating you. How's that? I, I think I'll just hang up. Yeah, <laughs> that's entirely fair. And then you get an hour of me monologuing, guys. I'm sure everyone would lo- love that. So the new podcast is I mean, I do it more most of the time anyway. I just talk right over you. It's great. Yeah, it's it's very noticeable when editing. It's just I've got I'm trying to talk and you're just like, no, I'm talking now. Well, in my defence, you do go on. I do, <laughs> I do, I do. I'm quite long winded. Whereas I'm pithy and witty and fun. You're certainly curt. I'm not sure how much further than that <laughs> I could go. Fair enough. So, so fine. If, if marriage running... is not one of the terrible things Harry Dresden is facing, then. But there's a few there's a few other things that we know from Peace Talks and Battlegrounds he's been sort of promised, right? So Listens to Wind said that he would tell Harry more about being Starborn in a year's time. Yes. Yeah, everything seems um, to be hinging around this um this year time point now, huh? Yeah, I think there was obviously he said the offer to go and train with River Shoulders as well. I wonder if it, I wonder if I, hmm, sorry to cut you off there again. Well, I'm not really sorry, but you know there, that's life. I wonder if a year is is somehow le- like if that date is a notable one. The fact that everyone's just gravitating on it. I don't know if it's that or if it's just coincidental. It it would make sense if sort of everything is buying, building to yet another crescendo. Yet another Which Starborn is, type event, maybe. Yeah, some some sort of. Well, this is when all the Starborn get their lightsabers yeah. type thing. <laughs> I guess we'll, we'll need Rashid to show up and uh, just teleport Harry into the future. Yes, well, noticeably absent from Peace Talks and Battleground. 
teleport. That's also not the right word. Chronoport? Yank. Yank. Hoik. Hoik. Uh, uh, yeah, notably absent, Paul? as you say, yeah. yes. Um, so Possibly dead. I've, I've, uh, yeah, we still don't have the, the breakdown of what happened at the gates during um, Battlegrounds, do we? We know that the gates were under threat, so it's not beyond the realms of possibility that Rashid is just dead or was somehow ganked. I mean, we don't really see him ever... I mean, briefly, we see him at the gates, but he doesn't seem to engage in the combat. He's very much he behind lines. He yeah, he doesn't seem to be sort of, as you say, on the lines fighting constantly. But if the gates are threatened, that feels like something that the gatekeeper should ha- should be present to deal with. No, absolutely. But but Mab is very calm after this has all happened. So That's true. And we do see... And Molly is the, also engaged in the fight for Chicago, so she is, but Lee isn't, or Leah isn't. She's at the gates. No, absolutely, she's very yeah, much. absolutely. But if it's but, if it's not like a queen slash lady level threat, probably I, okay. I think there's a the, probably it's probably it's probably fine, but it, it does raise questions. Um. Harry's probably going to need to have some sort of rapprochement with Ebb. Maybe. I'm not sure. Wait, where but it feels like that cap. Yeah, where does that come from? How how does that follow from the gates? I mean you're you're not wrong. <laughs> well, I'm just think I'm just thinking about wizards now. Because I was thinking okay. about the Chicago Rebuilding Society or whatever they're called. That collection of people who are not the White Council. So all the accorded nations who fought except for the White Council yeah. that Harry goes to when he threatens to out Marcone for being a knight. I was thinking, well, there's no member of the Senior Council there. And then that got me thinking about Ebb. That's all. Uh, but, is it just Ebb there? No, neither Ebb nor... Um, there's no Senior Council at that no. meeting. There's no wizards at that meeting. It's very noticeable. Yeah, the, the humans no were excluded, right? Meeting. I think that was the, the key. Except for Marcone. Yeah, but he's... Well, At the yeah. start of that meeting, they think yeah, he's, human. he's human, but he's a slippery, slippery devil. Yeah, it's and it's different if it's Marcone and it's Chicago rather than it's humanity. So it's the White Council. That's that's a different nexus. So, all right, going on from that point about Ebb, then do do you get the sense as well that I feel like the sort of big fights that are being set up in Harry's future are all with people he loves as opposed to. You know, bads. I don't know. So Ebb, you is know, because that's just a family fight. But I mean, the last time they fought, Ebb killed him, or thought he did. There's but, Thomas, who's in a world of trouble. Um, not to mention the Svartelves. And then there's Molly, who is literally being turned into a winter something. And they're scheming. Yeah, I don't know about that. There's something... What am I trying to say? There's something about the fight with Ebb that just doesn't make any sense at all. Go on. That... 
that whole fight on the dock that ends with Harry triggering the self-defense booby trap. Like, it, is this just me? That fight doesn't make sense. How so? Like, I, I've never got the sense that Ebenezer is in a, in a position to lose control that much. Mm-hmm. And I get that it's different when it's family. I'm, I'm fully on board with that theory. But even so, like... You forget that he is this literally is, the White Council's hitman, though. No, but but you don't... Your hitman is not someone who is ever going to lose control. Because your hitman has to be someone whose judgment you trust absolutely and totally. Yeah, but your hitman in this case is also... Harry Dresden's family. But he's also who you entrusted a dangerous warlock to, to learn control. Now. Now then. Entrusted? Oh, yeah, the warlock, yes, but sorry, the... The um, the black staff itself. Do we do we know the deal with that? No, 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 no. Um, my no, no, I know what you mean. Is... So the fact that he was given sort of care of Harry. Yes. Um, but that, that could easily be explained by the fact that if the black staff asks you, "I'm, you know, let me take care of him," you say, "Yes, sure." I don't. I don't think Langtree behaves. I don't think Langtree writes like that. There's, there's, there's too much of that fight. Like, it, I can't, I can't explain it. But Ebb's behaviour across peace talks doesn't make sense. He's not, he's not a coherent person. Hmm. Like they have a, they have a, they have a almost screaming row in the Svartal's embassy, and then at the party, they just seem fine. And they and have then, a run in with the um, what they called the dogs. The, they have the, they the have a run in with the corner hounds, and then it's never mentioned again. I think, I think there is a case to be made, especially given what the corner hounds are, which requires a slightly deep dive into Lovecraft. But I can come back to that. I think there are two ebbs in peace talks and battlegrounds. No, I think hate Eb it. is. Ti- I think Eb is time traveling. No, hate it. Okay. That no. Ah, <laughs> uh, time traveling Eb. Do I hate that? Eb is the only member of the White Council allowed to time travel. Uh, no, Rashid. Rashid doesn't time travel. He stands outside time. It's slightly different. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> He's. Rashid just spends a lot of time so very deep in the never never. Is Ebelad is, is go- that is that part of the whole black magic deal time travel, you think? So so the, the the law of magic is thou shalt not swim against the currents of time. Which Eb which Rashid doesn't do. Rashid Rashid doesn't travel backwards in time. Rashid is able to look forwards in time and adjust his actions accordingly. And when he's at the gates, he's so far from reality that time moves at a different pace for him. Yeah, no, that yeah, that I that I I'm bored with. But Ebb, do you think he's allowed? I think the whole point of the Black Staff is that they're bound by none of the laws when acting in that capacity. 
Hmm. I think it's not just that he can kill with magic. He can do anything. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't hate that. But then what's the point? Like, what, what is he time traveling for and then seemingly doesn't remember any thing? So the theory that I've seen is that angry Ebb is future Ebb. And what he's doing is trying to go back in time to make Harry change a decision because a decision that Harry makes ruins everything and it's a decision linked to vampires. I don't know what that decision is. So the whole trying to pull Harry away from the White Court is so that Harry doesn't do something like marry Lara, for example, that has horrible knock-on repercussions. That's why Eb is so incandescent about getting Harry away from the Whites. No, I don't I don't particularly think that that's enough in and of itself, but the corner hounds are Lovecraftian entities that are drawn to time travel. That's just what the Hounds of Tindalos are. Um, so the it has that going for it. And Ebb has never come across as... So when he storms into this Fortalf embassy at the very beginning, like Ebb has never come across as the kind of person who would bully his way in to the Swartalf embassy. That's not how I picture him. Hmm. Like, that's needlessly antagonistic. There's always the possibility that Eb is just a racist. It's entirely possible that Eb is just a racist, but he's also a politician. It's needlessly ah, antagonistic that. for the equivalent of your Minister of Defence to go around antagonising the security detail of, like, a foreign king. That's just not Ebb. And he's like, his excuses, or a wizard of the senior council walks where he wills. And it's like, that, mm, is that really Ebb? But that doesn't really... I mean, because you're saying it's still just Ebb, just one is... It's just it's, it's, time it's ebb. not not the ebb that we've seen before. Is my point? Yeah, implying that he's so, changed at some point, but he might just be changing now because there's so much yes. random shit happening. I, I I don't I don't necessarily think it's it doesn't fit what you're saying. I just don't like it. I think it would be not- a bit too lazy from a character development point of view. I think I, I'd much rather just have ebb be at odds with Harry and not do it because of some time travel fuckery. I think it's the theory as it is, is not enough. I think I also just don't think that Ebb would have the skills to travel in time. It doesn't strike me as something that he would be capable of. It's potentially too subtle for Ebb. Yeah, exactly. And they, they, they talk about, um, uh, I can't remember if they talk about a Cornerhounds fight at, at any point after, but they certainly talk about they, their they their duel, right? Early on in Battlegrounds, there's a sort of awkward, oh, sorry, I thought you, you know, let you think you killed me, type thing. 
<sighs> and because they're like, let's just bury the hatchet for now, and then maybe classic Dresden fashion, don't ever talk about anything. Maybe that's right. But yeah, the corner I house. I, I grant you that that is quite an appealing angle. Because the other argument has always been it. that it's just that it's related for he uh, that it's related to Justine in some way. Yeah, well, but, I mean, outsiders really make everything more complicated, right? <coughs> yeah, so that's why we have to sort of hang it off what we know about the types of outsiders that we see. And the only thing that I know about the Hounds of Tinderloss is that they're connected to time travel. Well, yeah, assuming that um, Dresden, no, you, not Dresden, the Patristics die. But you wouldn't use a recognisable Lovecraftian entity yeah. if you didn't want to hang something on the fact that they're a recognisable Lovecraftian entity. Yeah, but then, you know, he uses names like Queen Mab. Why, but then turns her into why like not a crazy just, store, like Snow Queens, uh, you know. Why, why not just use generic outsiders? Oh, what are they? Oh, the the, the the thirteen. Just call them that. The, the fact that they're hounds of Tindalos, I, it feels too important to me. But they, are they ever called that? I think they're just called corner hounds. No? Harry calls them that when he banishes them. Uh, yeah, but Harry's got a flair for the dramatic. No, but he's naming them when he does that. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, I don't know, but and he's but so so in any case. <laughs> Anyway, that's so, that's a book that's passed. So, Eb, are we saying that Eb might be something? So, I think so. I, th- I think more and more we're seeing friends potentially becoming at, um, Harry's obstacles. I don't necessarily call them enemies uh, or even adversaries, but obstacles. He has to just reconcile with everyone, and with Eb, I think, I think he could yeah, do that he- in a martial fashion. Uh, maybe, maybe the fight has already sort of done that. Um, it proves to Eb potentially that he actually means business, um, and maybe he just needs to realise that you know perhaps he can let his wild young grandson just kind of do what he's doing. Yeah, potentially. Um, I don't. I don't hate that. I think it almost feels to me like Harry's period of isolation. Or isolating himself should be coming to an end, though. So yes, all right, you've got like Harry in the middle, and then you've got all these people on the outside, like Eb and the Alphas and Butters and the Knights and Murph and whoever else it might be, Molly. So I'm just writing this out, and slowly but surely we're like crossing some of these allies off the list. So Murphs gone. Michael is gone, really. The Alphas are oh, stepping yeah. back. Eb is, isn't the ally he was. Ramirez isn't the ally he was. Molly is bound. Butters has stood against him at times. So, yeah, I, I see that. But I don't know, it just, in some ways, like, it feels petty. I guess that's the only word. Yeah, and I mean, they're, they're also just not... They're not your end boss in the book, right? Because ultimately, you... you oh, pro podcaster doesn't even turn his phone on silent, honestly. Um, but, like, you're not mm. you're not going to end your book with just Harry obliterating Ramirez, right? That, that, that doesn't make any sense. Um, but they are... 
quote-unquote fights he's going to have to have to get everyone back on the same team. Um, yeah, but I don't think you get Ebb back on the same team by punching him. No, potentially not. Potentially not. I, I think, yeah, we get Ebb back by actually understanding what the fuck happened. I think this was the point that I was making a while ago in our... Um, Discord. In our Discord, exactly. Like Again, it comes back to, like, I, I get that Ebb doesn't like vampires. That much has been made clear. But his reasoning has never been made clear. And I feel like his his hatred is too strong for it to be like a simple thing. I, I think there's something deeper and nastier there than just they took my wife and daughter from me at some point in the past. Like it could, that could be enough. And it, I'd, if that were what it, all it was, I'd accept that. Hmm. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I, I agree. I mean, there, there's so much we have yet to learn, right? I mean, Harry's mother has always been such an important yeah. character in the books, and we don't really know anything. I think Mitsuo made that point on our Discord as well, right? You know, that she's... Who is... Who was Maggie, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how that, how that turns out. But... Yeah, um, making Harry, you know, ma- marrying him into the White Court of Vampires is a fucked up on many levels, but also great because it means he will have to essentially step out into the light a bit more, um, and therefore it'll, for- it'll, it'll force him to deal with with the people he doesn't really want to deal with, <laughs> and uh, answer some really awkward questions. I think that's true. It makes him a, a sort of much more of a political entity, right? If he's Winter Knight and consort to the de facto White Queen. Although that's a point that, that currently still confuses me a little bit. Like, how out is Lara? I think that everyone knows and no one says because to say would be... Yeah, a, dip- a massive diplomatic faux pas. That's my theory. Yeah. Do the other white core vampires know? You think at this point? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. Because with that. It, because it's only a victory for Lara, and it only like cements her power if they all know, and none of them can prove it. Well, yeah, or not prove it, but yeah. like no, no one wants to I even mean? like bother challenging it. No, because it was such a, it's such a masterful stroke. Yeah. And also she's like good and winning. So yeah. why would you bother? Papa Wraith is a and loose end and the... a big one. Papa Wraith is a loose end and a big one. That's right. I'm just, I'm just making, I've made a list of loose ends. Because the, the, well, the issue originally was that, she, that Lara needed to keep him alive to keep up pretense. But if it's kind yeah. of that anyway, then there's no real need for him. Because one of the fears was that he that he's going to die, right? Because he he has no way of actually staying alive, and that was going yes, to be some sort of absolutely. big issue for Lara. But what we're saying now seems to suggest that it wouldn't be an issue at all. Well, I I think it would be an issue for Lara because she is not the White Queen, and so there would need to be whatever passes for a succession. 
question. Yeah, but but she's she's done such a <coughs> job of cementing her role in like advancing the interests of the white court that I, I don't know if someone if a rival in the court would you know want to assume control. I feel they're letting Lara do too much. I think that's true, but there are also, if we, if you remember, very few senior white court nobles left. Uh, this is true. After the deeps, yeah, this is true. Right, so we've outlined Lara's enemies very effectively. <laughs> yeah. So, do we think Lara will be one of uh, Arya's big, big fights to come? I doubt it I think she's going to end up being necessary and like Harry's going to hate that fact she's yeah. almost like a Marcone figure better Lara than Papa Wraith or whichever other you know senior white court are hanging around things are neat things are tidy She's still monstrous, but better the devil you know and can work with. Lara Wraith was, like, the Wraiths were there in Chicago, right? And fought, and fought well. Rather than, like, if it had been Papa Wraith, they'd probably yeah. just been like, nah, you lot are on your own. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So they'd be there feeding so, everyone. The way the Butcher writes... Lara Wraith compared to Marcone, I think, is a bit telling. Yeah, because Harry true. always, you know, he describes them both as monsters, but he, he there seems to be much more of a visceral hatred for Marcone because Marcone's human. Potentially, so that, Marcone yeah. does as a choice, and there, there's still that whole. Well, Thomas is a white court vampire and, and manages to be a decent person, and I, I always get the sense that Harry sort of maybe sees that in others. Because Lara's also demonstrated at times, yeah. you know, that she has some values that Harry gets on with, for reasons he doesn't he doesn't agree with Mark Owen's values the same way. Um, yeah, I think the challenge there is how much of Lara's values are tied to efficiency, yeah, rather than morality. Yeah, and perhaps there is also an argument to be made for. It's an argument that I have made previously. I don't, I don't know how Harry sees this necessary, but like, a vampire is what a vampire is. Like, they they have to survive the way they do at times, yeah. or, or at least be taught otherwise potentially. Whereas Marcone actively chooses to be a colossal bellend. Although hashtag Marcone is innocent. No, I, no, I think that's absolutely right. I think Harry, especially after taking up the winter mantle is more willing to listen to, look, I'm trying my best here, but you don't know what it's like to live in my head. You don't know what I'm fighting with every single day type thing, which I feel like is sort of Thomas's excuse. Yeah. Basically, I try every day I try not to be a monster, and some days I'm more successful than others. Yeah. And this this is a Where theme that will continue, I think, as as in terms of what what is Harry fighting? It's not just what he's fighting; it's what everyone's sort of fighting. It's their inner demons, which sounds yeah. horrifically lame when you say it out loud, but that surely is where Butcher's going with a lot of this. I think so, but I think that 
I don't think Lara has the same struggle that Thomas has. Her, no. her struggle is not because she doesn't want to feed on people. It's because, well, she wants to be the most efficient person that she can be. Like, on a, on a personality, on a, a sort of macro scale. So, yeah, she probably could just walk down sort of Pennsylvania Avenue, clamber into the White House and set herself up as queen, but it's not going to last. Yeah. I think. But equally, she, she strikes me as a sort of person who, if she does the maths that says, I need to live more like Thomas now to, I don't know, keep Harry on side or something because he is much more instrumental yeah, in achieving yeah, my yeah. goals, she might well do it. No, I think, and I think she's capable of it. I think that's the big difference yeah. between Thomas and Lara and the rest of the race is what they're capable of. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be an interesting book that because I, I still don't really know where I, well, I, I don't know what either one thinks of the other in terms of, you know, <laughs> is this marriage like a colossally stupid idea or is there going to be some good that comes out of it? I yeah, don't know. That's true. It's also worth remembering that Harry has the sort of love protection from Murph. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, like, I wonder how much of their courtship is going to be Lara seeing almost in a playful way, but not actually playful, if she can break that. It's funny, because right? Lara obviously yeah. can't, but she can throw all sorts of things at him to see if they'll break it. But she, but she or says something really poignant about Harry's protection at some point, doesn't she? She says that she's genuinely happy for him. Yeah. At one point, like no malice, no nothing. She's sort of. I can't remember if she says you won't believe me, but or something like that. But yeah. she sort of genuinely seems happy for him. Yeah, which is which I remember at the time thinking that's really fucking weird and almost frightening. <laughs> yeah. So the, there's complexity there, and I, I, I don't see. Yeah, I, I, I don't see the white court, certainly not the wraiths, as an obstacle necessarily. No, they, they won't play so ball. I've, but it's a bit like the white court of um, the the winter court, sorry. They're, they're objectively dreadful to work with, but you do work with them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've scribbled down a few extra things that we can probably have a quick chat about. So what, so 40 many... minutes in, we're going to talk about the monsters Harry's going to have to kill. <laughs> Well, not specifically the monsters that Harry's going to kill, but we know a few of the subjects that Dred, um, that Butcher has said he still wants to cover. Right, so 12 months we've spoken about quite extensively. And then we know we're getting Mirror Mirror after that, which is the alt-Harry book yeah. that everyone loves talking about. We can come back to that, oh, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And then... The other ones that the one that I think is absolutely certain is the murder mystery Greek gods as WWE wrestlers book, which what a sentence. I hate everything you've just said. Do you not know you know you must know this. No. Oh yeah, no, it's a it's a real thing. 
there's a there's a book coming in which a wrestler is murdered and Harry is private investigator to investigate the murder and it turns out that all the wrestlers are like retired Greek gods. How can you hate that? That's so good. You have no soul. I hate that. Anyway. I hate that so much. Um, why, why do you hate it? Oh, so cheap. Also, why, why are we going back to the private investigator thing? I thought that had died a death. <laughs> I think there's I think there's a lot of people in the fandom who want Harry to go back to being a private investigator a little bit. I'd, I'd love it if the next, uh, I guess, five books are just whodunits with some, some really good, light supernatural elements to it, and then just the apocalypse happens. <laughs> That'd be really, really good. The other one that has been thrown around and I don't know whether it's Jim has said this is coming or he said I'd really like to write this is a sort of is a book about the dragons and it always gets written as the sort of dragon stroke kaiju book so this idea that Harry's going to have to fight some or deal with some skyscraper tall monster which would be pretty fun there's only one dragon left no? uh maybe I think. Isn't, isn't sure. it just Pharaoh? I want to say he, he talks about that at some point. I don't think he's the only one left. He's certainly the greatest of the ones that are left. Maybe. I guess he's also the only signatory of the, the Accords. Yeah. Uh, um, but there was something something about an aircraft carrier in the Pacific and dragons and kaiju, but I don't know very much about that. I so just, I just don't know how much I like that concept. I know, we, I know we're sort of talking about Harry beating up monsters in a way but that's almost too much I, I suspect the two on the nose I suspect that the, the the book is not going to be Harry using an aircraft carrier to punch Pharaoh in the nose or anything like that yeah but that, that, those those are the only plot beats that we know going him to death or something I, I just but then I guess Michael I, does it, it well that, that's the thing Michael Michael kills Sithrax but Michael is you know, a hundred times yeah. the man that Harry is. So. so that leaves us with one other book. So I've got a few few names written down here. Um, By the way, so I guess, so I guess you're presuming that the, the, the actual bat is... I mean, obviously, it's, like con- it's a continuing story, but, but there will be different enemies that he's essentially going to tick off his list... In each one, I suspect. Well, well, we've got we know the th- the titles of the three big apocalypse trilogy books. Yeah. So the start you've got stars and stones, hell's bells, and empty night. So next to those stars and stones, I've got vampires. Uh, that was Rest my instant like. thought as well, but also empty night. Uh, empty night is outsiders, I think. Yeah, but the vampires always say that, don't they? Or maybe it's the, the yes, Venturi who say that actually. The, I think I think the people who actually say that is the Venatorium. Venatorium, that's the one, not the Venturi. Um, the because that's what they're fighting to prevent. So that's why it's a curse for them. It's their fail. Empty night is their fail state. Um, so, but yes, so, so book is, one, he he kills Dracul. But book one is vampires strike Dracul. Book two is Hell's Bells. So I've got demons, Nick, Satan, yeah, Lucifer. That's where Nick gets it. Question mark. Yeah. 
And then Empty Night, I've just got Outsiders, Stroke, Thulu, like Walkers. So where does Marcone get it in those? Hell's Bells. Or none of them. Yeah, that's my worry. None of them. And he actually ends up being a necessary component of saving the world, which I would hate. I'm in two minds about this, because I thought... For a while I thought, well, it's now, so now that he's picked nihilistic. up a coin, it gives, it gives Harry an easy excuse to kill another human, because he's a coin-carrying knight. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's that feels a bit cheap, right? Because the conflict was Harry has to make up his mind as to what to do with this vanilla human. But then there's the other alternative where Marcone lays down the coin and is somehow vindicated because of it. Or Marcone keeps the coin and it turns out that nothing is black and white. And Thorn, like Harry has a conversation with Thorn Namshiel where Namshiel basically goes, oh, I've, I've just had a terrible idea. Namshiel goes, I'm a sleeper agent. I work for Uriel. Ah, uh, that, that, hmm. I hate it. That, that, I absolutely hate I it hate, because that's not how angels work. I, I don't but. hate that so much. Well, they all have a purpose, right? So maybe that's just his purpose. But the, the other, the but other point order- is that because, because he's an angel with choice, right? He's fallen. That doesn't, that yes. doesn't make him quote unquote evil. Depending on what we mean by that word, right? He, he, well, serves, this, he serves a purpose, but we don't know whether that purpose may not be aligned with any of the other fallen angels necessarily. This, I think, I, I think what we're going to find is there are essentially three factions of angel. Possibly, yeah. There's, there's the the heavenly host, essentially. Uh, there's the the fallen no, me. who work with Lucifer. You're literally making a mobile game right now. Yeah, and then you've got. The sort of your in betweeners, which is Namshiel and sometimes people like Uriel. Right, so Uriel works with the in betweeners to accomplish ends because they can do things that the heavenly host can't. And I don't like it because it sort of breaks all manner of cosmology because the yeah. act of falling it makes you evil because you have turned away from God's light which is good and so are evil but it, you you can make it work yeah yeah i don't i don't hate that i don't hate that and it's a, and then you've got harry spending ages trying to work out is marcone telling the truth is namshiel telling the truth because namshiel can lie obviously and he yeah. can't get hold of Uriel for whatever reason. And he can't, everyone he speaks to goes, well, it's angels, mate. Who the fuck knows yeah, what they're but doing? Yeah, but, but again, this is Harry's problem. That he never speaks to anyone, right? Because he... Well, he wouldn't even ask anyone. Because he knows that Namshiel gets... was in... Um, uh, whatever the city's called. The ice city. Arctis, Arctis Tor. Tor. That's the one. Yeah, and, we've, still got to, we've still got to answer what happened to Arctis Tor. And it's just it's just classic Harry, right? He's, he's such a good private investigator, but sometimes he forgets to just be a person. You could just be like, hey, Mab, so what about Namshiel, eh? <laughs> and then see what she says. Part of the problem, I think, is that he spent so long on the outside 
not being given information, not being trusted, that he hasn't realised he's now on the inside. In some ways. Like, Harry is one of the most powerful people in winter. Exactly as you say, if he goes up to Map and says, what was going on at Arctis Tor, do you have any idea? Map might just tell him. She might. Well, like, yeah, remember, they can't lie. They can't lie. So if Mab says, I can't tell you, or I won't tell you, fair enough. But she might say, it was, yeah, just turns out me and Namshiel had a plan to put, to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. And you were, you were our patsy, sorry. Because she was angry with someone. Yeah. <laughs> but didn't she also know around about that point that Nemesis had gotten to Maeve? Exactly. That, that I think is the anger. I mean, Harry says as much, right? Yeah. Um, but it, it, it is also around the time that Namshil was probably in Arctis Door doing something. Devilry. Devilry. Exactly. So yeah, who knows? Um, so so uh, yeah, I, I like your idea. So the, the big, the three big books at the end, killing the... Uh, the vamps. Well, I guess who who is there to kill? I guess the black core, yeah, and Dracul. Yeah, and that Dracul. And that's how he gets the stars and stones, which we hopefully find more, uh, found out more about soon. <coughs> uh, yeah, you've also got a Wild Bill and Yoshimo to deal with, and Chandler. And Chandler. At some point, we need an answer to who is Cowell and Kamori. Yeah, the, I was going to ask about them, because I don't know where they fit in in any of this. The thing is, you can sort of do them in any book. Lots of people think they're going to show up in Mirror Mirror. Well, yeah, because people think that they're some sort of, like, mirror versions of Harry and Molly. It's or Harry dark and, Harry and Molly. Or Harry and Margaret, or Harry and someone. Yeah. Which I, I, I still don't hate that. I don't know what I like uh, yeah I don't know which version of Cowl and Kamori I like is the issue they need to, uh, by this stage they need to be someone that we've seen on page as it's not it. going to be a good Absolutely. reveal but uh, Ela- Elaine is also missing Elaine? Elaine is also missing yeah. no, no she's not missing it's just we she, she's a loose end we need, that needs to we, be tied up we need a resolution to her story I've also got uh, Shag Nasty is still yeah. out there, probably carrying a grudge. I wouldn't be averse to Shag Nasty dying in some sort of montage that happens during the apocalypse, but sort of end game style, where someone just literally gets- just nukes him again, but this time uses like a super nuke. <laughs> <laughs> Good old super nuke. Like, he sort of dies, not quite off screen, but in like a five second montage thing where you just see him go down. Like, oh, I yeah, think he ends up. I think he ends up in Demon Reach. Mm, I'm glad you brought up a, Demon Reach. Actually, sorry, you finished that's your point. A, well, it's just that Demon Reach is a known safe place to put Nagaloshi. Yeah, Demon Reach, I think, is a problem. Yeah, it's too powerful. Is that not what the Englishman or the Britishman in, in Demon Reach is, though? The, what, the regulator like, of said power? Or, 
he's a way for Jim to regulate that yeah. power. So at some point, Harry is obviously going to have a conversation with that person and we're going to discover who they are. And at some point, probably that person is going to tell Harry about how, oh yeah, I know you think that you can just release Ethne, you know, and use her. And it might work, but she might fry your brain, mate. That's not a risk that you can take type thing. Uh, hmm. Or it's just Merlin and Merlin's like, don't you fucking dare. <laughs> I will melt you from here. Yeah, don't disagree. But that's, that's not what I meant by Demon is too powerful. I think Demon is too powerful from the good guy's perspective. Right? Like, what can't he lock up there, if you know what I mean? It doesn't have... But it doesn't have extraterritorial effect. No, but everything Harry seems to really happen powerful. in Demon Rage. Is, that, that's the True. issue. Right? We, we, we know the Apocalypse trilogy isn't going to be happening in Mumbai now, is it? It's going to happen in Chicago and therefore be within reach of Demon Reach. Yeah, I think that is almost certainly true. And it's just like... I, I think Jim Butcher is a better author than essentially just to have every single big bad be locked up in Demon Reach. Uh, and, if, and if that happens, then that's going to be the end game is Demon Reach essentially exploding. Um, but I, I don't see how you resolve... Demon Reach. You dark hallow it. So what are you saying? That that's where Cal maybe comes in? So that that's that is a theory. That is a theory. Obviously it's the changes. One of the choices that Harry could have made. Well no he couldn't because he wasn't the warden. Yes he was. Um, the changes he would have been, yeah. In, yeah he was the warden in changes. Um, is do the dark hallow on Demon Reach. So the, what, the idea then, is that Cowl is mirror, mirror Harry, who who had Dark Hallowed on Demon Reach. I know, I think, if you, I don't think Cowl has done the Dark Hallow yet, because Cowl was trying to do the Dark Hallow. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, I, I, don't, I don't know that Cowl necessarily is relevant here yet, but the whole point is, if you do the Dark Hallow on Demon Reach, the power-up that you get from consuming, like, Proto gods and yeah. titans and Nagaloshi oh. and everything. I'm not saying that it's going to be, it's obviously not going to be Harry that does it, but that's a way to take Demon Reach off the map by yeah. doing the Dark Hallow but there. But it's so multiversey, isn't it? Which I, I still yeah. don't know if we know how Demon Reach works in a multiverse. It's probably, I've, it probably exists in all of them and it's like a constant, all, it's like a focal point. It's a, a fixed point in, in a time. Fixed point, yeah. yeah. But ah, oh, that. So I, I do. So... I do all my time travel via Doctor Who. Yeah, cross between Doctor Who and Endgame. But it's not just the constant time. It also just it. It also just exists in every single reality. Yeah, it, sorry, it, it's it, not it just must, it's, it, given it, that reality is under attack. It's a it's a multiversal fixed point. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's probably true. There's got to be a better way to take it off the map. This means that winter exists in every single reality. Because they hold the gates. I, I, I'm still not sure if it's the same never-never for every reality, though. 
so what you're saying that there could be different factions holding the gates against outsiders depending on which reality is in question yeah that's not impossible i suppose so sort of you've got the outside as a big circle and then little pockets of realities could explain why the outsiders attack in waves as in they sort of choose a reality to attack for a bit and then move on to the next one yeah and then come back the outsiders we, we need more on the outsiders as well what do they want? Yeah. They're metaphysically very strange. <laughs> We've had this conversation before, yeah. though. Yeah, no, and it broke our brains. And it's <laughs> well, I, I, I find the concept of anything other than the universe existing very confusing. So, can we just not, please? Yeah, it's just the pre, the pre Big Bang. That's all. That's all the outsiders are. Yeah, exactly. It's that past trying to cling on. That that noise that you can hear is my brain dribbling out my nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to deal with that. Thank you. The for other, that. the other enemy. It's a, it's a nice image, isn't it? The other enemy that's still out there is the Genosqua. The Genosqua, yes. Who did scare Harry? And almost, I wonder, seems to have taken the place of Shagnasty in Harry's fears. Do you think that's fair? It's like an upgraded threat I know that uh, I, I don't know rather I should say I'm so used to being like I know uh, the Genosqua and Shag Nasty are not quite two sides of the same coin but there's parallels but. right because Shag Nasty is, is essentially taken on by Listens to Wind who in turn exactly. learned a lot of his powers from uh, River Shoulders who is you know, a relative of the Genosqua. So there's this yeah. sort of weird power. I'm sure that that's how that's probably going to get resolved ultimately is, is some sort of listens to wind river shoulders versus shag nasty and Genosqua type thing. Yeah. With Harry, I don't know, doing something, I guess. Cause we've had, <laughs> we've had basically one book that zoomed in on native American myth. And I know Jim has said before, he's not keen to do too much on that because he doesn't know it yeah. and he doesn't want to, tackle something he doesn't know so well, it's which a I think topic, is really yeah. good but like you could see a another turncoat style book where the big bads exactly as you say are the Genosqua and Shagnasty but the, uh, that's the issue with the Genosqua and Shagnasty right is that they're not they're not single entities there's like multiples yeah so it's it's hard to envisage that being a an end game threat. Like there's certainly or, strong opponents, yeah, you know, but mm. or if if twelve months is vignette and we see some of Harry dealing with like talking, spending time with listens to wind and spending time with River Shoulders, he could just tick them off in those vignettes, sort of in your end game style. Like, we just get a couple of paragraphs of Harry going, like, yeah, and then we boned Shag Nasty and Dewey Exactly, Ridge, yeah. And then River Shoulder snapped the Genosqua like a twig. Yeah. And then Guard shows up and just decapitates, uh, you know, something like that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's a way but, you could do it. Which I think could work if, if, if Butcher does it in a way that, it, sure, it's vignette but it it becomes relevant you, later on. You, you, need a, you need through lines to make that work. Yeah, yeah so... 
Mm, there'll be interesting tests, I think, because Harry's a lot... I don't want to use the word stronger, but I guess it is a bit what I mean. I mean, he, he, he is just stronger now, but yeah, it, it feels like... Fronts. It feels like, you know, the the thing with Shag Nasty is going to be being stronger isn't a fix for Shag Nasty. He needs to be smarter. That's what Listens to Wind showed. Like, Listens to Wind wasn't stronger than Shag Nasty, but he was smarter. He was able to outthink Shag Nasty. So that's, like, the bit that Harry now needs to learn is stop shouting yeah. Fuego and use your brain. But Listens to Wind also didn't make a point of, like, ending it, right? I... I yeah, it's a, it's a bit sort of circle of life in a way. Like, you know, yeah, sure, this thing exists, but we chased him off. That's enough. Yeah, exactly. Let's turn our attention yeah. to the things that matter, right? Like the outsiders. <laughs> but then yeah, there's also the, the idea of nemesis, true. as you mentioned. A nemesis could could be anywhere. Um, there's nemesis. There's Justine. There's. But I'm saying Genosqua like, nemesis. I mean, I guess the Genosqua is also going carrying to so that. I don't know how outsiders would work. Coin carrying Genosquad, that's true. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, how the outsiders deal with um, the demons. Well, that's, I feel, what Hell's Bells is going to be about. Yeah, and big old um, Lucifer, eh? Yeah, whose shadow sort of has lain across the books a couple of times. I would love Lucifer to just show up to kill Nick and do nothing else. That'd be really funny. But it's a sort of like... You are causing me so much yeah. trouble with my relatives. Stop it. Like Anduriel. <laughs> you know, Anduriel, as you, yeah. as you can say. Anduriel. Yes. Stop it. Just stop it. I've had enough of you. And he just uses the noose to strangle Nick. You are grounded. <laughs> Come back to oh hell. Oh my god. And then Lucifer just like oh. bows to Harry and leaves. And that's, then oh, that's the whole book. Lucifer is just a really tired, angry, middle-aged dad who keeps getting phone calls from Uriel in this sort of, like, principal role being like, Lucifer, <laughs> your kids are at it again. Come and pick them up. Have a word with them. Don't make me call your father. Don't make, yeah, don't make me come down there. Yeah, but I, but I, I almost see Lucifer as... What Hades would have been um, a few godly generations before, and so I also I see that, Luce, that, that what Hades is now is sort of potentially Lucifer's future, where he just gets to relax with his dog. I think it really depends on which direction Jim goes, because obviously there's a lot of popular media at the moment that has Lucifer as exactly that a sort of he's not actually the bad guy type thing. He's just he's just a person, right? There's obviously there's the, the Neil Gaiman comics Lucifer, which are that, which has been made into a TV show. Mm. But on the other hand, you've also got, like, Judeo-Christian myth. Or Judeo-Christian dogma, I should say. Which is that the serpent is evil and the sort of bringer of revelation in the end times hmm. I almost I, I, I can't decide which way Jim is likely to break on that I mean I think it would be yeah. funny if, if if Satan were the, the devil's not that prevalent really in 
Christian literature. Is the snake uh, being a very obvious and famous example, a terrifying example, but the the, the the serpent in the Garden of Eden, and then it isn't isn't the isn't Satan present in the Garden of Gethsemane as well, tempting Christ before the crucifixion. That does sound like something he would do, yeah. But yeah, he's he's a tempter. He's not, he's not some when, sort of. He, he just offers choice, right? That that is the, not, that's his whole spiel, I guess. The idea of Lucifer as the brightest angel who led a revolt and then fell, I think, is much more Milton esque than it is Christian. But it's yeah. so much moved into the popular conceptions. Yeah, but I think that is of, because there's actually not that much to go on in. Scripture. No, I, th- you know, uh, I think that's absolutely he's been, true. He's been built up as a boogeyman because that's a great way to control crowds and well done. <laughs> but I think that is sort of true. But sort of on, on that though, Butcher isn't writing a Judeo Christian thesis. He's writing. No, no, exactly. Popular literature. So in that sense, having the devil as a boogeyman and the biggest boogeyman. Can, is, is useful and we know that how do we know we suspect that Satan is a power on par with Uriel see this this is this is where I struggle a bit right because Lucifer is a very lending? obvious absence so far right we've met a lot of unbelievably powerful things He's bound in hell. That's the whole point. Yeah, but he's bound to, in hell the a- same way that the white god is bound doing whatever the white god is bound. I I, I just have this suspicion that, that Lucifer is almost a bridge too far. Like, uh, even a step ahead of, like, the mothers, for example. Oh, I think he's absolutely head and shoulders. I think he's... Well, we had this debate way back in our first episode. Where do angels fit on your on a power scale? Yeah. But if we accept vaguely Milton-esque ideas of the hierarchies of heaven, then at one point Lucifer was the brightest angel, right head and shoulders above basically everyone else, until he rebelled against the white god, I I suppose, and was cast out of heaven by the archangel Michael. Yeah. So yeah, but I guess my point is that we've we've sort of seen a lot of the archangels, or we've we've heard of them we think we saw the herald right in in battlegrounds we've obviously seen uriel I, yeah i i just think that lucifer outclasses them as well and that's why we haven't seen him. i think he, i think i think i think he probably does i think there's probably a question mark over lucifer versus michael given that they've previously had a clash and Lucifer lost. Yeah, but there's there's another whole or, belief thing as well, right? Did he? Well sort of this this is this is all part of the problem, right? How how much of this is being shaped by the fact that that's the story that everyone knows. Yeah. So so Michael beating Lucifer all the other way around doesn't really matter. The fact of the matter is that people believe in Lucifer and yeah. his power, whereas Michael is not worshipped or and anti-worshipped <laughs> to the same extent, feared. right? Yeah, feared, yeah. And so that that worries me it's, about Lucifer is that the people, a lot of people, believe in the devil and and 
therefore he might well be just apocalyptically strong. I, I think that's true. And I think that the reason that we've not seen him to date is that being bound in heaven. So we see Nick and the Knights of the Black and Denarius as his agents. Yeah. I guess the big question is, are they yeah, actually his exactly. agents? Because there's definitely a suggestion, I can't remember where it's from, that the fallen bound in the coins aren't necessarily the ones who are the most loyal to Lucifer so much as, like, some of them were just really irritating. So it was a way yeah. to get rid of them. It's been, yeah, exactly, who bound them, right? Cast, like, cast them out of hell as he was cast out of heaven yeah. type thing. But but hell, I think, is an interesting concept, right? Because it, it implies that much like the white god... I guess Hades is our best example of someone who has like a duty. Yeah. If, if you are the, the king of hell, prince of hell, you, you've been given a duty or you've, you've assumed a duty and that in the Dresden so, verse so has there, a meaning, yeah. right? There's so much wrapped up in that. Yeah. No, I, su- I, I, I suspect won't get looked at yeah. until hell's bells. Yeah. We'll see it though. Cause I mean, there's been hints of genuine devilry. Oh, yeah, well, the, the in, and yeah, the infused, um, the infused circle in the aquarium is just Lucifer's handiwork. Yeah, like that's all but confirmed by Uriel. Yeah, because Harry gets quite stridently grumpy. And he's like, "The you know, Lucifer's chipping in. Where are you?" And Uriel's like, "I, I was here. I sent you. That's what I get to do." And it worked, didn't it? Uh, so. uh, yeah, but was he really there or was it some sort of here, take my sword oh, type thing? <laughs> obviously, well, I think that's Uriel's point. Uriel's like, I didn't need to do anything. All I had to do was nudge you. That's how it's no, no, meant I, to work. No, I mean the devil, as in, yes, his handiwork was there. It doesn't mean he was there. Yeah, he. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think he was in Chicago, but he was lending his power. So he's putting his fingers on the scale. So someone somewhere should be putting their fingers on the scale to balance that. Yeah. Was Harry's point. And Uriel's, Uriel's I think, quite right response was, I did. Yeah, no, quite. Yeah. You're, you're my fingers. Quite. Um, right. Nemesis infected Uriel. There you go. That's how we're going to end it. Well, I will take I no further quite. questions at this point. I think all that remains... <laughs> <laughs> on that on that wild bombshell is to say thanks for listening to this episode of Expertise is Overrated. No doubt we've said some things that were either objectively wrong or downright offensive. As ever, feel free to let us know, rate the podcast and leave us a comment, or drop us an email at expertiseisoverrated at gmail.com, tweet us at zero expertise, check out our website, expertiseisoverrated.podbean.com or come join us on our Discord server. If you're lucky, we might just argue with you in one of our upcoming episodes. If you're really lucky, we might call you an idiot. Come back next time for some more absolute nonsense.